Welcome to the Daily Drive Podcast, part of the Imagine Golf Podcast Network. Enjoy listening to a previous series inside the Imagine Golf app, where each week we feature seven concepts from a best-selling book or a top mind in the game. Here is our founder and the voice of Imagine Golf, Malcolm Scoville. Welcome back to The Daily Drive. Every week, we launch a new seven-day course to help you think better and play better, all through the power of the mental game. This week, we have exclusive access to Rick Sessinghouse. Rick is one of our favorite coaches. We hope you enjoy it. Over to you, Rick. So practicing both full swing, mental game, short game, there's still some components that all good practicing has. First off, back to clear goals. Why am I showing up to go practice today in the first place? So I look at it from a stat standpoint first, believe it or not. There is outcome, right? I am shooting 79. My goal is to shoot 75. I ask people all the time, what is it going to take to go from 79 to 75? Okay. Where am I going to get four shots from? Let's say there's an obvious one. Hey, Rick, I have three three putts per round. To me, that would be an opportunity to improve. If I could take that from three three putts per round to one and a half three putts per round, I'm looking at an improvement of one and a half strokes. So let's look at the reality of our outcome. Why am I shooting the scores I'm shooting? Then we backtrack and say, hmm, my putting needs to improve for me to get to my next level. I would then follow that up with what specifically in your putting do you need to train? Using putting as an example, is it strictly a stroke thing, which I am not starting my ball on a my target line? Is it speed control? I have inconsistent speed control. Is it reading greens? Or is it my confidence over those putts and my mindset? Hey, Rick, I have these three putts because I get nervous on four footers and it interrupts it. I get tight. And I block it. Now we have mental game. We need to get clear on why we're shooting the scores we are. And once we break it down into these elements like putting, are you really clear on what's leading to the three putts? Okay. Most people don't. Be honest with yourself. Then we go, oh, I am going to work on putting 10 balls in a four foot circle. My goal is to make eight out of those 10. If I don't, I start again. Well, now I've created a little bit of consequence based pressure and you're learning the four footer, which we know is important. We're putting you under somewhat of pressure for to deal with it. And then we can work on mental game. But we also are working literally on the skill of four footer. So I challenge everybody out there, get very clear on the performance they're seeing. Is it mental? Is it physical? Is it technical? If it's technical, yes, there's different types of practice. There's block practice. Oh, I'm going to work on my putting. I've noticed my club face is open at impact because my grip pressure is too tight. Oh, I'm going to do 40 putts where I'm just getting my club face back to square doing a right hand only drill. Now we've got block practice of changing an actual technical part. But golf is not a block sport. It's random. Can we spend enough time to randomize that? Hit a three footer, then a 30 footer, and then a 10 footer with the same mechanics because that's what you were working on. Then I believe that's where people stop, unfortunately. They work on their drills, they do a little bit of random, but that's where it stops. I want to include performance-based practice. So for instance, going back to putting, 
We know the make rate on the PGA Tour from seven feet, 10 inches is 50% make rate. So now if you want to be a great putter, we could put 10 balls around a circle, 10 feet, 10 inches. And if you made five out of the 10, that would be a successful make rate. That would be PGA Tour average. You can now put yourself in situations to measure, is my skill getting better or not? And that way we can make any adjustments that we need. Then the final part of performance practice is putting some pressure to it. I mentioned before, we could have a time consequence-based thing. If I don't make these 10 in a row, I have to start over. It could be bet a couple bucks with your buddy on the putting green, something to potentially change your state that you're in mentally, emotionally, physically, that may make you feel uncomfortable. Can you still perform the technical skill in that different situation. That's all for today. Until next time, keep imagining what's possible. Thank you so much for listening to some of my tips about the mental game. To learn more about myself, Rick Sessinghouse, please visit www.flowcode.golf to learn more about some of my strategies and philosophies in my online community with Flowcode Golf Academy. Thanks again and play in the flow. Hey everybody, it's Malcolm again and the team at Imagine Golf. Quick favor to ask, is there anybody you know that would appreciate being coached by Rick Sessinghouse, coach to the number two player in the world, Colin Morikawa? If so, just tap here to share, hit that little button and send this lesson to them. We thank you for spreading the good knowledge and tips inside Imagine Golf and also helping to grow the mental game. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Daily Drive podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and be sure to rate and review this episode. If you want more content like this right now, download the Imagine Golf app from the App Store or Google Play and start your free seven-day trial. You can listen to hundreds of snackable mental game lessons. Imagine Golf is helping thousands of golfers lower their handicaps, play more consistently, and get more joy out of the game. Think better and you will play better. And as Malcolm said, until next time, keep imagining what's possible.